Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Daily Sports Talk Show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! You can officially feel it, taste it in the air. High school football is on the horizon. Less than 24 hours away from kickoff of the high school football season, which means football is back, baby. What's up, everybody? It's Coulter Nuanas. Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your radio dial. Maybe you're watching in SWX Montana Television, or maybe you are tuning in via the stream, the ESPN Montana app up and rolling. Appreciate Tommy and Andrew and Jeff and everybody else around here for all their work on that. Need a great place to stream or listen to the show? You can always hit up the ESPN Montana app available on all of your uh, smart devices. Ton to get to today here on your Wednesday. The feature piece here is our ESPN Roundtable. And today we will feature interviews with the head coaches of the the teams that have played for the Class AA State Championship each of the last two seasons. Billings West, Missoula Sentinel, they've been awesome uh, in their respective conferences. They have clashed for the state title two years in a row. Sentinel has come out on top each of those last two seasons. And now, a bunch of fresh faces at both Sentinel and West, but this rivalry continues. So we'll hear from Missoula Sentinel head coach Dane Oliver as well as uh, Billings West head coach Rob Stanton as part of our ESPN Roundtable. That's coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. We'll get things started today with a continuation of our conversation about the best football games on the schedule this year in the Big Sky Conference. We got to mid-October, so we'll do the last couple uh, weeks of October here today, and then we'll also continue uh, our position group previews. Here's how the game works. Andrew, our producer in the back, he just throws out a position group. Then I break it down for you for both the Grizzlies and the Bobcats, and then we move on to the next one. So, so far, uh, we've gotten through wide receivers, defensive line, and running backs. So we've been, we've been able to do one or two a day here, and uh, we'll keep on doing that now with uh, a little less than two weeks to the season opener uh, for both the Cats and the Grizz. September 3rd, both teams open at home uh, for the 2022 season. On the note of the Bobcats, Montana State Offensive Coordinator Taylor Housewright will join us at 4.30 I uh, look forward to catching up with Taylor. Montana State had a scrimmage this last week. Also just want to kind of pick Taylor Housewright's brain about mentoring a man that many people around the state of Montana are talking about, Tommy Mallott. Mallott took the FCS by storm last year. Uh, he was a shooting star uh, as a freshman last year at Montana State. And Butte America's Finest now has unbelievable expectations on him coming into his sophomore year. What does Coach Housewright have to say about the development uh, of his young quarterback? Look forward to 
attacking the Montana State's offensive play caller. Of course, since it's a Wednesday, we will have a, a little bit of a history lesson for you, continuing going through our awesome Greatest Sports Heroes, uh, published in 1954, so a history of the first half of the 20th century in American sport. And then we have the return of one of our favorite segments around here, one that's so informative to me. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Dr. Michael Wright of Missoula Bone and Joint. He's an orthopedic surgeon here uh, in Missoula. He joins us once a month for the Sports Medicine Journal, which is a conversation about just the broad nature of specific certain injuries uh, in uh, the wide world of sports. So I, I actually recorded a couple bits with Doc earlier this week, and uh, so we'll let you know wh- which one we're going to play today. But it's always an informative segment and uh, one that sort of outside the box, but uh, one that I always learn a ton from. So there you go. That's your Wednesday here on ESPN Radio. And that's your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in the state of Montana, give Brent and his team uh, a call today. We are coming to you live from the ESPN Montana studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. If you want to be a part of this show, you always can. 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. And uh, all guests will join us via the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. If you want to stream the show outside of the app, you can also always do that at 1029ESPN.com. Uh, uh, what do you think we should do first? Should we do position groups or should we do games of the week? Andrew Houghton, our producer in the back, he's the uh, he's the cue card man here. So uh, what, what do you got? What, which one should we do first? I think we did pretty good yesterday rolling through a couple weeks of games of the week first and then uh, hitting a position group or two, so no reason to change what's working. Okay, sounds good. We will uh, roll on some Big Sky games of the week. So we're to October 22nd on the schedule, and I stopped at this point for a very specific reason. I think there's a couple big games in the Big Sky uh, during the first three weeks of conference play. Uh, Conference play in the Big Sky Conference opens on September 24th. Uh, That weekend for the Montana schools, the Grizzlies will be hosting Portland State for homecoming, and the Bobcats will be on the road in Cheney, Washington, to play Eastern Washington. And then neither of those two schools have that great of challenges on their Big Sky slate in the upcoming weeks. They each play Idaho State during that span. I shouldn't say the Montana State Bobcats don't have a challenging one because they do October 1st against UC Davis, but... October 22nd is the day in the Big Sky Conference other than November 19th. And, of course, November 19th is when the showdown occurs, the rivalry matchup between Montana and Montana State. But on October 22nd, that is going to be a day in which a lot is revealed about the Big Sky Conference. So here's the slate of games in the Big Sky. Eastern Washington plays at Cal Poly. So uh, rather than the prodigal son has returned, it's the other way around, right? This is Eastern Washington, Bo Baldwin's baby, Bo Baldwin's old Uh, team going to play in San Luis Obispo uh, against Cal Poly. I believe this is Eastern's first trip to Cal Poly uh, since Baldwin took over as the head coach there for the Mustangs. That game has some intrigue. And then the rest of that week's schedule includes UC Davis at Northern Colorado, Portland State at Idaho, Northern Arizona at Idaho State. But in my opinion, two of the five biggest games in the league this season occur, and they both involve the Montana schools. Weber State plays at Montana State. First time Jay Hill has taken his program to Bozeman in quite some time. I believe the last time that they were actually in Bozeman was back in 2017. I'm going to have to stat check that, but I believe it was the last time they were in Bozeman. And Weber's rise sort of happened right after that. Montana State's rise, Jeff Choate, then Brent Vegan as the head coach, had not yet occurred. All I'm saying is if you love... Hard-hitting, hard-nosed, hit-you-in-the-face defensive football teams that want to run the ball, teams that aren't scared of each other, teams that try to physically intimidate you and push you around. I think that for my money, the two best in the league over the last five to seven years have been Weber State and Montana State. And so this is going to be a very intriguing game. Where are the Cats at? You know, are the Cats sitting there licking their wounds one and two in league play with losses at Eastern and at home to UC Davis? Are they 2-1 and one, trying to get that breakthrough win? Are they 3-0 and oh, and challenging now to get the inside track for the Big Sky Conference Championship? That's a, a really fun game. Uh, it's going to be an ESPN game uh, as well. So that's the uh, the third of the, the Big Sky Conference ESPN games of the year. 
And uh, excuse me, I'm looking at this as ESPN Plus for that game. The other two ESPN games are the other game that I'm about to talk about, and that's involving the Montana Grizzlies. And if things go according to plan, what could be better for a Bobby Hout coached team that will certainly be in the mix for some redemption and uh, maybe even, dare I say, revenge than perhaps rolling through the first six games of your schedule, being 6-0 and taking a top, what, two or three probably, national ranking, and hitting the, I wasn't going to say hitting the road, but hitting the sky to go to Sacramento State. A 9 p.m. kickoff game on ESPN2. I know Bobby Houck, not the biggest fan of night games, but a game that Montana, after losing to Sac State two times in a row and having that loss to the Hornets, not only derail Montana's Big Sky Conference championship hopes, but also empower Sac State in their conference title hopes. That's a huge game as well. So I think that uh, we got a couple straight showdowns, and I do think that the winners of those two games, Montana at Sac State, Weber State at Montana State, will have the upper hand uh, when it comes to the title race, especially if what we believe will happen preceding those two games does occur. Uh, but it could be the launching point. It could be the thing that thrusts. If Montana goes 6-0 and going into Sac State and then they beat Sac State and they beat them handily, that could be something that is just an enormous launch point for the Grizzlies. I mean, that's the thing that would then make people really truly believe that maybe, hey, this is a year, make a run all the way to the national championship game. Where's Weber State at when they come to Bozeman? Where, where are they at in the arc of their season? We both agree, Andrew and I do, that it's a big-time prove-it year for Weber State and that that narrative, that notion actually might be uh, really good for Jay Hill's crew. Uh, but those are, those are games where we're going to they're sort of like the beginning of the Kyra season where you start to get some answers. And then there's the middle where teams start to separate. And then there's always that moment where you can have this, this resounding win against a like opponent. And it just shows the rest of the country. And it shows uh, your team that y- you do. You, you, got, uh, you got true playoff and conference title hopes. Duan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television going through some of the top games in the Big Sky Conference. That was your slate for October 22nd. Any any thoughts on those uh, before we move on, Andrew? Well, like you said, a really exciting schedule. I'm just struck by how many parallels there are uh, between that Montana at Sac State game, maybe is the Montana at Eastern Washington game from a year ago, not just the national TV part of it, but really the first conference test for the Grizz, and I know that the Eastern Washington game was their conference opener a year ago, uh, but one that you could see the people at ESPN sort of rubbing their hands together. I mean, there are going to be a lot of narratives going into that game if Montana plays the opening of the season the way that we think they will, and it'll be a big spotlight, and it'll be on the road against a team that, that will be wanting to take them out. And it's funny because we just we we think of this as if I don't know. You tell me if I'm wrong on this. It feels like there's so much excitement about this game because there's an assumption that the Grizz will get it done. It seems like there's an environment around Montana that think that. But when you talk about pure football matchups, the team that Truly, actually, probably, I think there's two teams in the league that match up with, well, actually, there's three teams in the league, depending on what they're doing offensively, but there's two teams in the league that can systematically attack what Montana's vulnerability is defensively without changing their offense at all. That's Eastern Washington because they can throw the ball to the slot receiver up the seam so well, and Sac State because they run this two-back system with all these pick plays, and they can just get this swarming thrashing Grizz defense out of their lanes and just gash them. I mean, it's been surgery the last two times Sacramento State has played Montana in terms of their offense against the Grizz defense, and no one else has been able to dissect Montana. Like, the conversions and things like that. Sac State, I mean, when they were in Missoula, you and I were looking at each other like, well, this is only a seven-point game, but the Grizz are not going to get a stop. This is going to be third and two into first and ten over and over and over again. And that's exactly right, and that's the way you can tell that Sac State has it dialed up so well against Montana is because... 
those Sac State players never seemed like they got panicked. Even when it was third down, you know, okay, Montana makes a nice play on first, makes a nice play on second. Even when it was third down, I think they had real confidence in their offense and the play that they had called. They never got behind the sticks, which is the whole point of Montana's defense. For sure. And and that's the way you can tell. I mean, and, and that's exactly what it was. Whenever they needed a play, they got it. And that was just Troy Taylor hitting a great run of play calling, but also it is the way that the offense is designed. This is sort of a loaded question. Nuan is now ESPN Radio breaking down the Big Sky Conference schedule. But part of it is just a statement on my part, and this is what I know to be true, having covered most of Bobby Houck's 11 seasons here at Montana. The art of intimidation from Houck himself and what he wants his team to, to perform like is... A real factor, and it's particularly real at home. But tell me this. To me, it seems that the coach in the league that is least scared of Bobby Houck is Troy Taylor. I actually think that one of Troy Taylor's biggest advantages in the Big Sky Conference is that he's not associated with anybody else in the Big Sky Conference. He hasn't been infected with the mythology and all the 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 intangibles that go into it. He's just there to coach football, right? And he's incredibly confident in the way that he coaches football, and he's instilled in his team that confidence as well, which, again, you can tell because of the, some of the stuff they're doing. I mean, no coach is going to get away with running a true two-quarterback system if his players don't exactly believe in what he's doing. What is now ESPN Radio? And that's where I it, – it's so interesting, too. And, and check out the Big Sky Breakdown podcast uh, coming out, uh, I guess, what's today? Wednesday. So coming out on Thursday. Uh, good analysis with uh, Brooks Duanas, who's sort of our resident X's and O's guy at Skyline Sports. But we were talking about that, how Montana State, the defense they're running schematically, it's it's in its basic premise, in its layman's premise, excuse me, a four-two-five defense – where they sometimes play a big nickel. But it's a very flexible defense. You can run, you can put higher priorities on different parts of your defense depending on your opponent. It's a little bit more malleable from the play calling standpoint and certainly significantly more conservative than what a team like Montana's doing. That's the, I think, one issue of the Grizz defense. The Grizz defense plays as hard as any defense I've ever seen in the Big Sky Cowboys. That's true. They run to the ball and rip your head off as, as as well and as efficiently and as quickly as any Big Sky Conference defense that I have ever seen. Their ability to pressure, but also their ability to cover on the outside, it just makes it absolute hell on the opposing offense. But they do have this one vulnerability up the seam if teams can attack it, and that's what James Madison did to them a year ago. But the other vulnerability is that Montana's defense is what it is. You run what you run. You run pressure 65% of the time. You try to isolate all the time and get Patrick O'Connell and, you know, Jace Lewis and whoever else in these one-on-one situations where they're just flat more talented than the guy. But when the only way to stop the opposing offense is to make an adjustment, I don't know if the Grizz have that in their tool bag or at least these last several seasons they haven't. So is that the key to beating a team like Sac State? Do you have to make a systematic adjustment for that single matchup, or do you just have to do what you do better? I don't know. I do think that there is, uh, you know, there's nothing in in any sport that's without at least one sort of weakness. But that to me, that's the one that comes up. And the reason you think of it is because Sac State is that one team that systematically has been able to take advantage of the swarming nature uh, of the Grizz defense. Okay, so we're, that was the sort of the big daddy on this schedule. Uh, so here's what October 29th looks like, and then we'll get into a position group before uh, the end of segment one here. Uh, the 29th, the last weekend in October, includes Montana headed down the highway to Weber State. Idaho State, play, or excuse me, Idaho, University of Idaho playing at Sac State. Portland State playing Eastern Washington. And Cal Poly playing UC Davis. So... Uh, the one game that just jumps to the front of the screen is Montana Weber State, and what happens the previous week? It, this is where the 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 roulette, the dance starts to start, right? 
if Weber's coming off of a win and Bozeman riding momentum, they got the Grizz coming to town, wow. If Montana's coming off a win at Sac State, boom, collision course. If both teams are licking their wounds, what's that dynamic like? If Montana rolls Sac State and Weber gets whipped in Bozeman, now you have a bounce-back game for one and a, a chance to really take control of the league title race for another. I mean, think about the Grizzlies. Like I was just saying, if they're 6-0 going to Sac and they win at Sac, then they can go figure out how to win at Weber? Wow. Now your driver's seat. You split them. You're still in contention. You lose. Now all of a sudden, wow, we got some work to do to get back in the title race. But that is absolutely probably the game of the week, but also probably the game in the country uh, that week, especially depending on what precedes that game. If it goes according to plan, uh, probably good scenarios for both Montana and Weber State. And at the very least, if things go according to plan, even if those teams, either one of them is coming off of a loss, uh, you still, that's a great opportunity to bounce back. And if you were to bounce back, it would be such a huge win. It could reestablish uh, the momentum uh, of your season. Before we get into position groups, anything left to add on this conversation, Andrew? I don't think so. Just another uh, classic uh, in recent years, Big Sky game. You have to wonder uh, what are the, the national TV possibilities of that game? Does that game get flexed into a good spot if both of those teams are coming off wins the week before? Sure. Um, does does ESPN grab that game for one of their national stations? Um, but yeah, just another one to look forward to. I also I, I like that Portland State at Eastern Washington game that week too. Just depending on where Portland State is at in their schedule, uh, and if Eastern Washington still has something to play for after for that sure. that early season meat grinder that they're going through. We should actually just a complete side note, but we should actually ask around the league about this because that was a rivalry game with a trophy for a while. I mean, it's the Battle of the Damn Cup and. Uh, huh. That was always the season finale. I mean, Root Sports would play two games the final week of the regular season. They would always play Montana-Montana State in the afternoon at high noon, and then they would play the sort of, you know, Pac-12 after dark, Big Sky after dark version of Portland State-Eastern Washington because it was the two West Coast teams. And, uh, you know, you wonder why they got rid of that. I mean, it seems like just fun. I don't know. It seems like it would be a good tradition to maintain. Yeah, I'm a big fan of as many of those little quirky little totally. rivalry games as we can possibly have. Well, it is. I, I mean, you know, Bobby Houck says we only have one rival, even though they have a trophy with two different teams at Montana. But regardless, Eastern and Portland State are rivals. I mean, they, they recruit the same areas. Yep. They recruit the same kids. They have sort of the same mantra about their program. Like, oh, you didn't get recruited by Oregon, Oregon State, or you didn't get recruited by Washington, Washington State. Come play for us. So uh, there you go. Some big skate conference. Games of the week. We'll keep on uh, getting through November here before this week is over. I can't believe next week is game week. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Taylor Housewright, the offensive coordinator for the Montana State Bobcats, will join us here uh, in about 15 minutes. And coming up at the top of the hour, Rob Stanton, Dane Oliver. That's the head coach of Billings West and the head coach of Missoula Sentinel in football. Those two teams square off on uh, Friday night in Billings. So we'll get a little high school football conversation going here uh, around 5 o'clock as well. Let's do a one-position group preview here before uh, we roll out into uh, our interview with Coach Housewright. We've done defensive line for the Grizz and the Cats. We've done running backs for the Cats and the Grizz, and we've done uh, wide receivers for the Cats and the Grizz. So, Andrew, give me uh, give me one uh, today. Yeah, back to defense, I guess. Do you consider corners and safeties to be separate position groups oh, or do you want to take the secondary? No, I, I think it's it's separate position groups, especially at the two schools that we're talking about, Montana and Montana State. Pick one of those so groups do, that, that satisfies we'll, your appetite we'll, we'll here do, then. We'll do corners because uh, I have a little bit better clarity on sort of the pecking order at corner. I do think there's a... Well, first of all, I think at Montana, there's a whole bunch of guys that are, gonna, that are trying to play safety. Robbie Houck is going to be one of the guys that's on the field. He's a preseason All-American. He's a senior. But the rest of the safeties, I think that you know Nash Fouch, Garrett Graves, uh, Trajan Cotton, Ryder Meyer, who is going to emerge out of those guys? What's going to be the factor that helps them emerge? Or maybe there's also the reality that none of them emerge. That it's just a rotation all the time. And Montana, they'll play, especially since Montana's defense plays with three safeties on the field, they'll play a lot of them. So we'll get back to safeties. But I think at corner, obviously Justin Ford is is the, the number one guy. I think Corbin Walker was one of the most underrated players in the Big Sky Conference last year. His statistics were pedestrian because he was so good at covering his guy. To me, 
if, if you look at a corner that has um, you know ten plus pass breakups and fifteen or less tackles and not a lot of picks, that's not that guy did not have an unproductive year. That guy just cut, shut his guy down. He didn't let the guy catch the ball. Justin Ford had a great year last year. Nine picks is nothing you can ever argue with. He took three of them to the house. He also gave up a bunch of touchdowns. I don't remember Corbin Walker giving up any touchdowns. Every picture we have of opponents scoring touchdowns against the Grizz, Trajan Cotton, Robbie Houck, Justin Ford are in the pictures. We don't have a single picture of Corbin Walker giving up a touchdown. So, you know, y'all work in, in continuity and uh, sort of in tandem. But Corbin Walker has been getting pushed by a newcomer and a, a fast riser. Jaden Dawson has been getting a ton of one and two reps there at corner. He's a former all-big sky guy from Idaho State who transferred to the Grizz as a grad transfer, a guy who joined us on this show oh, several months ago when he first got to town. And then the other guy that's been a a really fast riser is Trevin Gradney. And Gradney is a guy that was a special teams ace a year ago, a first-team all-big sky selection on special teams last year. And the kid out of Billings West, they were giving him one reps during the first week of fall camp. And then all of a sudden... He kept getting the one reps because he was balling. And so I think he's really in the mix there with those other guys uh, as a guy who can really contribute. And, you know, Cotton can play a little bit of corner as well. And I feel like I'm missing a guy here. But to me, the guys I've seen as the front runners uh, are certainly Justin Ford, certainly Corbin Walker. Jaden Dawson has looked good, but Trevin Gradney has looked better. And uh, I think that's why Gradney has seen just as many, if not uh, more reps. Am I missing any corners, Andrew? You like Dylan Simmons a lot. Oh, Dylan Simmons is a very good one. They haven't given him a lot of opportunities against the older guys, but when the really good or really talented young guys are going, it's always Dylan Simmons on them. Nick Williams is a guy who has got a lot of run because he's been buried behind a whole bunch of good receivers, but he's one of the best looking receivers. Uh, in the league at six foot four and really wiry. And it seems like every time he's getting balls, Dylan Simmons is the one uh, that's guarding him. Okay, so that's that's an interesting one. And they've got the two Juco guys as well with Andrew Trevilian and Robert Whitehead. It's a really deep group for the Grizz, I think. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Uh, on the cat side of things, the corners, and by the way, I must amend a mistake that we made last season frequently. And the young man, <laughs> who I love his confidence and I love his ability to tell me this, he wanted to reemphasize to me so I could let everybody out there, fans, fellow media people, whatever, it's Simeon Woodard. It's not Simeon, it's Simeon. And he wanted to make sure everybody knew it is Simeon. And I really love talking to him on MSU Media Day, but he had a breakout freshman year there at Montana State. Uh, four interceptions, was uh, one of the leading interception guys not only on his team, but in the conference. So I think he's certainly going to be a starter at corner. James Campbell, who's a former wide receiver who converted to corner last year and was a starter when he was healthy, he's back for his senior year. He should be in the mix there. Tyrell Thomas, who's also back for his fifth season at MSU, will be in the mix. He can also play uh, some nickel. And then one of the guys who's been a fast riser is Devin Davis. He was actually listed at one on the depth chart coming out of spring ball, um, a kid that was highly recruited, good-looking uh, athlete at six foot one and a half, 197 pounds is what they list him at. But he's another guy. And then Montana State added Drew Polidor, who's a corner out of Air Force, who was one of the uh, – he's from the Air Force prep school, and he was one of the standouts of spring ball um, a year ago, I guess this last spring. And uh, a guy that looks like – he might be able to contribute as well. But then MSU also plays a nickel, and Ty Okada is their guy who can be their big nickel and their guy in space nickel. But then when they're going to be facing teams that are spreading it out or they have a third and long, I also think that Lavelle Price is going to get a lot of uh, a lot of playing time. And he actually might even be on the field at the same time as Okada, and then he's playing nickel, and Okada's kind of playing outside linebacker, kind of like a Sam so there's certainly a lot of diversity and a lot of depth there uh, at Montana State at corner. Duan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. How about one of the guys that's going to be in attacking corners throughout the Big Sky Conference? Taylor Housewright. He's the second-year offensive coordinator at Montana State. He will join us to break down all things Bobcat offense right after this. Keep it right here. It's Duan is now ESPN Radio. 
Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice. And that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days. And that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. What's up, Montana? Welcome back. Little Dave for you here on your Wednesday. Thanks so much for hanging out. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. It's Coulter Nuanas coming to you from the ESPN Montana studio. Appreciate you tuning in, whether you're listening on the radio or watching on your television set or streaming on the new ESPN Montana app. An exciting announcement on our side of things. Depressing for me, exciting for all of you about the Dave Matthews Band and their upcoming Labor Dave celebration uh, at the Gorge in Central Washington. I can't tell you right off the top right now because I don't know the details. All I know is that we have something fun for you coming up, so uh, we'll let you know about that in a little while. We have the college football season openers coming up later on this week. It's week zero around Division One. The Frontier Conference opens uh, throughout the state of Montana. High school football gets underway tomorrow evening, so an exciting time of year. And always so much fun to talk about the lead-up to the season and just talk about all the different guys that are vying for playing time and all the different storylines and all the renewal that comes with college football as well. I mean, that is one of the great parts of it. Every school, every year loses all sorts of great players. What are they going to do to replace them? Let's go to the Rangish Brothers RV phone line and welcome in a guy who is uh, currently doing that for a living, trying to... Fabricate position group battles and evaluating offensive talent and uh, maybe call some plays every once in a while, too. Taylor Housewright joins us. He's the offensive coordinator for the Montana State Bobcats. And, Coach, I appreciate you being there. I know that uh, you're sitting there with our uh, our baseball fanatic extraordinaire, Bill Amberty. And so I wanted to have you pass along to Bill. Our book of the day yesterday was Lee Montville's book uh, about Ted Williams. And so if Bill has not had that, I'm going to have to bring it over to him. But how you doing, man? Are you a baseball guy? You seem like you might be a baseball guy. Uh, it's a thinking man's game. I enjoy the strategy of it, but I don't. I can't say I watch a ton of baseball. Well, that's Grew good. Playing a little bit, but well, that's good. Yeah. Well, uh, what's going on with you guys? How's fall camp gone? I know you guys had a, a scrimmage there on Saturday, so I'll just take us through it. When you're when you're evaluating and you're calling plays during live action during uh, the fall period, what's it like? What are you looking for? Yeah, I think ultimately in live periods in fall camp, first and foremost, you want to stay healthy, but second is you want to see guys, how they play football, physicality, um, how they take care of the ball, do they pick up their teammates, um, all the things that you necessarily can't measure from an X's and O's standpoint. Um, you want to see how tough they are, you know, and who's going to um, get better, who's going to, when they have a bad play, overcome it, um, and who in a live period kind of shows their playmaking ability. I think a lot of guys look good in shorts, but you got to put the pads on first. What unbelievable uh, number of fun position groups to watch on the Montana State offense. And, you know, you got a young quarterback who's only started a handful of games, all of them in the playoffs, and Tommy Malott. You have a whole new group of receivers with just a couple returning guys and then a whole new group of faces. And then a running backs room with a lot of guys that are going to have some elevated opportunities fighting for playing time. So uh, when you go about evaluating just your offensive skill, what goes into that? And also, what do you think of just sort of this new opportunity you have with all these new faces that are vying for playing time there uh, to get the football at Montana State? Yeah, I think, one, you look at, obviously, the basics, you know, speed, strength, quickness, and ball skills. Um, but also, I think, at the skill position, you look at intelligence, um, you know, and how do, how well do they pick the offense up? Um, how well do – how confident they are – 
um, and wanting the football. I think that's the number one thing. I think all great receivers and skill guys, um, deep down, they want the ball on every play, and that's what you want. It's my job to kind of manage that to each guy. Um, second question, kind of – what was the second question? Sorry. I mean, just what it's like having all these new faces because there are guys that yeah. are trying to acclimate sort of to the, the fabric of the team and, and fit into the culture, but they're also – I mean, they're trying to, like you're saying, they're trying to get the ball. So it's it's an interesting dynamic when you yeah. got uh, new guys that are kind of competing for playing time. No, it's awesome. I think having all those young guys and skill players makes it exciting to come to work. Um, again, it, it, every day is new when there's younger guys. Um, there's something that you need to teach them. They haven't played a lot of football. Um, but it's fun to have all those guys because they all get opportunities, right? You take one guy away, um, the next guy's going to get a one-on-one. And ultimately, we're trying to get all those skill guys in space on one-on-one scenarios and kind of let them go to work. Um, but each guy has his own different skill set, and it's kind of my job to figure out what they're great at and put them in those positions. Taylor Houseright joining us. He's the second-year offensive coordinator for the Montana State Bobcats. You're listening to Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, and SWX Montana Television. And it's interesting, Taylor, because last offseason, I remember when we had you on, we were talking about Lance McCutcheon and some of his progress, and you mentioned – that Lance was one of those guys that displayed confidence and wanting the ball, and uh, boy, did he ever go get the ball last year for you, especially down the stretch, one of the great single seasons by a wide receiver uh, I have ever seen in my years covering the Bobcats, and I think people would argue one of the great single seasons by a wide receiver ever there, period. Uh, but you must be so proud watching him do this at the next level. I mean, this guy, he looks like he's running by Sam Houston, but instead he's running by NFL corners now. So what do you think of Lance McCutcheon in the league right now? Yes, sir. Yeah, I know. He doesn't surprise us. We saw it every day. And I think what people don't understand is um, the maturity from him when I first got here um, to the last game of the season. I've never seen a player mature so much off the field and on the field just as a leader. And you're seeing that now. I mean, his ceiling is so high and he hasn't even reached it yet. Um, He's a guy we asked him to do a couple things here um, and didn't ask him to do a whole lot. He just did what he was good at. And now in the NFL, you know, being around Cooper Cup and some of those guys, he's learning how to run each route um, and learning the ins and outs of offensive football. And um, there's no doubt in my mind Lance can be a star in the NFL and do a great job. Um, And he knows that. Um, He's just got to keep working. And obviously, you know, it's a business um, and you got to find the right situation. But um, the confidence he has, but also being humble enough to keep working and understand he's, he's nowhere near. Um, it's pretty unique. And at the running back spot, I know that um, there's still some uncertainty about what Isaiah Fonte's availability is going to be, but I know you guys have a lot of other guys fortifying the ranks there. And I- I've been a big Lane Sumner fan since he was in high school. I think he's uh, fast, explosive, great vision. and he-, he can get it done at the Big Sky level for sure. I thought Elijah Elliott looked great as a freshman a year ago. And I'm hearing good returns out of practices and scrimmages about Kagan Williams as well. I know Garrett Kuhn was kind of one of the standouts of the spring. So just break down the running backs for us and and how maybe is that position group different uh, if, you know, the All-American guy maybe is a little slow to come back this season. Yeah, I can kind of start oldest to youngest, if you will. Kagan Williams, obviously we brought him in. Um, He's played receiver in high school. Played a lot of football at San Diego State. was never the man. They've had some pretty darn good tailbacks, but played a lot and played on all special teams, Um, very dynamic runner, physical. Um, I'm excited about him. Great kid, great family. Um, I think we hit a home run getting a guy like that to come into here because he's about winning. And I think with this portal thing, that's the thing you got to be scared about. But um, he'll do whatever he can to help this football team. Lane Sumner, I absolutely love. Um, Again, he's a guy that's meat and potatoes guy. He's gotten faster. He's gotten quicker. He's taking care of his body. He, uh, he's going to do, you ask him to run through a wall, he's going to do it. Um, and I'm excited to see where his maturity, and sometimes when you get older guys, they think they've arrived. And, and not that Lane's a complete older guy, but he's, he's been here a while, and he just keeps getting better, which is nice. Um, Elijah Elliott obviously had a great year last year helping us out when we needed him. Um, he's a guy that uh, can catch the football quick. Um, he's put on some weight um, and gotten stronger, um, which is what he needed to do. Um, and he had a good scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, Garrett Kuhn, um, I think, is a, a guy that is tough as nails. You know, he, he, he comes from Wyoming, and um, you could hand it to him 40 times. He's going to get up and keep rocking and rolling. Doesn't say a whole lot, which is perfectly fine. Um, but he's done some really good things. And then Jared White's a freshman who's really, really surprised us. 
out of Fort, uh, Fort Worth, Texas, or Frisco, Texas. And I think you're going to see him a little bit as well. And I think he's got a very, very bright future. Sort of indicative. I, I can't believe I left out Jared White because I definitely wanted to ask you about him. But sort of indicative to the level of football that's be, that's played in Texas, right? I mean, because the kid, if you are the leading rusher in the area and the area happens to be Dallas, Fort Worth, Frisco, uh, okay. you're probably a pretty high level of talent. So, uh, But it seems like that that's sort of paying off. I mean, I know he was the leading rusher in the scrimmage on Saturday. So, um, I mean, just give people kind of the scout on what his skill set is. What does he do well? Yeah, he's a guy that has great balance. Um, his high school coach said he, he has some of the best hands he's ever seen as a running back. Um, the biggest thing about Jared is his background, his family, and his work ethic. Amazing kid, amazing support system um, with his family, and an amazingly hard worker. And, and obviously with that, he's intelligent because he spends time studying the game outside of on the field, in the film room, and doing those things. Um, you know, I think a lot of people worry about what a kid's 40-yard dash is at running back, and last time time I checked, most of the time you're just trying to make people miss in the box. Um, so if you can't make a miss in there, then you can't even get to an open field 40-yard dash. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons he's here is people wrote him off because he ran a slow time at some point. But I can promise you, you watch him play and he doesn't look slow. Taylor House, right, Jordan, that's here on Nuanas now ESPN Radio. He's the offensive coordinator for the Montana State Bobcats. They open their season September 3rd, Bobcat Stadium, under the lights. It's Gold Rush, and McNeese State is coming to town. And, Coach, we'll get you out of here by asking what I'm sure everybody was asking you all offseason, no matter where you were in the world, and that's what's next for Tommy Mallott. I, I personally, as a guy who's covered him since high school and been around him and seen him work, uh, I have all the faith in the world in this kid because I think that he's going to figure out a way to maximize his potential uh, no matter what, because it seems like he's just cut from a separate cloth. But from your perspective, as somebody that works with him every day, uh, what's Tommy Mallott made of, and how has he been able to sort of put that into action? What sort of progress has he made uh, this last off season? Yeah, if you, you know, people ask me what he's like, and I tell them, if you're a parent, he's the perfect son. If you're a coach, he's the perfect makeup for who you want to coach. Um, and if you're a teammate, um, he's the perfect teammate. You know, he, he just understands those things. And for a 21-year-old kid, he, uh, I make fun of him. He acts like he's 40. Very, very mature. He does. <laughs> um, about the right things. And uh, you never have an issue that he's going to prepare or not work hard at something. Most of the time, it's getting him to back off and enjoy being a college kid, um, which I try to help him with. Um, but, he, you know, I think the, the ceiling – is very, very high. I think whatever Tommy wants out of this thing, he can get. Um, and obviously, he's a great athlete. We all saw that. You know, we had to ride him a little bit running the ball more than you typically like for a quarterback. Um, but just how he's improved as a passer has been impressive. And seeing him grow mentally. And, and you know, Tommy's a 4.0 engineering student. And um, sometimes he thinks football is 2 plus 2 equals 4. And there's multiple ways to get to 4 in football. So I think getting him to not overanalyze things and play with feel um, is where he needs to take the next step. He's Taylor House, right? He's the offensive coordinator for the Montana State Bobcats. MSU opens their season a little more than a week from today. Coach, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us today. I know it's a busy time of year. No problem. Best of luck in the opener. You're welcome back anytime, and uh, go get him this year. We'll have a fun time covering you. Thanks for being here today. Thank you very much. See you. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and uh, the ESPN Montana app. Love talking ball. Uh, I think that last year particularly, uh, one of the things I was the most skeptical about when Brent Vegan took over as head coach was the coordinators that he hired. Because when we went into the press conferences, you know, and and I've always been a, a young guy in a group of, in a group, a room of veteran, you know, whoever's, whether they're media people or coaches or whatever, and so I totally understand that you know sometimes people think you don't belong or they think you don't uh, you can't do the job because you just don't have the experience. But when Montana State announced that it was Taylor Housewright and Freddie Banks as their coordinators, then you meet these guys and you're like, man, both these guys are like 30 years old. This is pretty crazy. Neither one of these guys have really been a Division One coordinator. That's pretty crazy. But then you get to be around them and you see how gifted they really are. 
and uh, how much talent they have. I mean, that was one of the keys to the Montana State season. I mean, Freddie Banks was a, a one and done. I mean, he's a straight slam dunk that got an FBS job right after the year. And, you know, again, I know it's a, a lot easier to coach when you got Troy Anderson and Daniel Hardy, but they, they also didn't screw the thing up, and they did a really good job. And, uh, you know, so I do think that Vegan hiring coordinators that he knew were going to get it done was uh, definitely a key to Montana State season. Happy to have Taylor Housewright uh, on the show here with us on Nuanas Now. Who is Lester Patrick? He's the old man in the net. That is his nickname. How about the little knight on a racehorse? We'll learn about a couple old school athletes from a previous generation right after this. Little history lesson coming up. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now. ESPN Radio. At Jewelry Design Center, they can make anything you desire. We have branded jewelry that you'll see across the world and the country. And you have full access to our full manufacturing shop. You can look in the case. You don't have to start out designing something. You can see anything that we have in the case that customize it for your personal experience. Jewelry Design Center, now open in Missoula at 2501 Brook Street, across from the Montana Club. Jewelry Design Center, your jeweler for life. It's new on is now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. It's a fun little jam, but it's also a great message. Life's not about what's better than. It's just about enjoying the people around you. I'm on a kick, man. I've been reading all sorts of crazy, not even crazy, uh, cool, informative, self-help, and uh, not even self-help, self-improvement, growth books and podcasts and things like that. I don't know. You're only alive once. You might as well try to be the best you can be. I, I know some people think I'm crazy and some people think it's exhausting, but, it, it, you know, it's just the way that I am. I'm <laughs> sorry. No one is now ESPN Radio. SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. If you've been following along on Wednesdays throughout this summer, we've been having a great, very fun time learning all sorts of history from yesteryear. This book that I'm holding, if you're watching on SWX or on ESPN Montana app, is The 100 Greatest Sports Heroes, Life Stories of the Immortals of Sports, selected by America's top sports writers, compiled by Mac Davis. So we've been going through this, seeing who we know, who we didn't know, maybe learning about a little bit more about the people that we do know. So we're 96 pages into this thing, and we are to the P's. This is in alphabetical order. By the way, this uh, history lesson is presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Desperado, great place right now. It's uh, The pennant race is heating up. Baseball is uh, moving to the uh, forefront here, and the Desperado is a great place to go. Watch some baseball, have yourself a burger, and drink a beer. They also got the best wings uh, in the city of Missoula, but burgers, beer, and baseball, that's what sends me down to the Despo. Uh, so go hang out with the Desperado, go check out the pennant race, and uh, go have yourself a little beer and a uh, nice little burger there at the Despo across the street from Russell, or excuse me, on Russell across the street from the, uh, the YMCA. Uh, today's history lesson is about two athletes that I had never heard of. The first is Lester Patrick. An old man in the net is his nickname. Man and boy, Lester Patrick spent more than 40 years in big-time hockey as a player, manager, coach, and owner. No more amazing career has been fashioned in this Canadian-born game than the man who has been called simply Mr. Hockey. Himself a Canadian, Patrick turned naturally to playing hockey as a youngster in his teens. He was generally acclaimed as the greatest amateur hockey player in the world, and when he turned professional with the fabulous Renfro Millionaires, he began a career of 19 years as a Major League Hockey star. What he accomplished as a player is a matter of history. He revolutionized the game, won fame as the greatest defenseman of them all, sparked teams to world championships in the Stanley Cup, and as a player and a manager figured in over 20 Stanley Cup victories. Whatever he did as a player or as a manager must pale in significance when compared to the single episode in his life that since has become a shining legend of the game. I love when we get to these dramatic buildups uh, in this write-up. 
It was a night in March 1928. The New York Rangers, managed by old silver-thatched Lester Patrick, that's who we're talking about right now, were playing the powerful Montreal Maroons for the Stanley Cup, symbol of the world's professional hockey championship. During the second game of the series, a flying puck caromed off of a hockey stick and struck Lorne Cabot, New York's goalie, square in the eye. Cabot dropped like a felled ox. His hands clapped to his bleeding face. So agonizing was the pain that he suffered that he soon lost consciousness. Supine and motionless, the Rangers goalie laid sprawled on the ice before his net. In the arena, 12,000 fans, who had been roaring with excitement only moments before, now sat hushed and silent. Quickly, a stretcher was brought out in the ice, and the stricken goalie was carried out to the hospital. Meanwhile, the desperate and stunned Rangers huddled around their manager, Lester Patrick. A moment later, the referee for the game joined them. He said, let's get going, he ordered sharply. Put the goalie out on the ice. We don't have a goalie, groaned Lester Patrick. He looked around at his squad. Someone would have to go in the nets. The game had to go on. Defensemen and forwards had plenty. Which one of them could he put in to replace Cabot? (laughs) This all goes on to say that Lester Cabot jumps in the goal. Unbelievable. (laughs) Imagine this happening in sports now. LeBron James fouls out and, and his coach checks in. Steph Curry can't go, so Steve Kerr just starts playing. It's completely unlikely. It's completely crazy. Lester Patrick, what a legend. The other one we'll learn about briefly today is Gordon Richards, the little knight on a racehorse. Uh, he's widely considered one of the great jockeys of all time. Uh, he was the champion jockey of England before he was 21 years old. And uh, he has multiple world records for riding. He's had nearly 5,000 winners during his, he did during his horse racing career, 20,000 mounts. And he earned more than $3 million. This is back in the 1930s, folks. So $3 million, uh, just an unbelievable amount of money back then. But why do they consider one of the great jockeys of all time? Gordon Richards. And uh, then the last one we'll share with you is Maurice Richard, singular Richard, the rocket of the ice. So he was one of the great uh, scorers and uh, one of the great players during those uh, 1930s, 1940s, and 1950s. Uh, Montreal Canadiens teams that so heavily dominated hockey for quite some time. So there's a history lesson for you. It's presented by the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, the Despo. A great place for a burger during a baseball game and wash it down with a beer. We'll be back to giving you some uh, opportunity to partake in the wings here uh, before we know it. Nuanas now, hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. Let's learn about some high school football and maybe also about some orthopedic ailments. Our ESPN Roundtable features interviews with Missoula Sentinel head football coach Dane Oliver and Billings West head football coach Rob Stanton. We'll also hear from Dr. Michael Wright, this week's Sports Medicine Journal. All that and more next. Keep it right here. Hour 2, Nuana's now coming at you. It's ESPN Radio. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear... How about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.